Hey lab mates and welcome to another episode of the STEM Lab Podcast where we highlight women in STEM that is science, technology, engineering, and math especially women of color. I am your host Dr. Sabrina Walthall and I'm here today to offer us STEM So Sweet with a renowned cake artist Shayla Barnes Holloway. Shayla is a self-proclaimed cake snob obsessed with all things sweet, beautiful, and delicious. Shayla left her demanding career in education and stumbled upon the world of cake artistry, and the rest is history. She is now the owner and lead cake artist of the Buttercreamery Sweets Petite, a custom cake and confection studio located in sunny Mobile, Alabama. Shayla has taken her cake artistry to the next level and developed a series of baking classes for children that incorporate science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. We are definitely in for a sweet treat. Shayla, welcome to the podcast. Hey, girl. Girl, look, I've been trying or dying to get you here. I'm just like, Shayla does STEM, but she does baking too, and people need to know. And I was thinking, oh, we're coming up on Valentine's Day, so people need to know they're going to be doing STEM while they're trying to bake these sweets for their sweetie. So let's jump right into it. Um, and here at the STEM Lab podcast, we like highlighting women in STEM. And I know people don't usually associate baking with STEM, but I remember talking to you and you was like, girl, I use so much math. And I was like, see, I knew it. It all goes into it. So just start us. I like backward design. So I want to start us where you are now in your career. And then we'll walk to how you got there and how STEM played a part in it. Okay, um, so my name is Shayla Barnes Holloway. I am the owner and lead cake snob um, here at the Buttercreamery Sweets Boutique, currently located in Mobile, Alabama. Um, up until July of last year, we um, opened and started the business in South Florida. So we serve um, Miami, um, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beaches, and everything in between. Um, we specialize in custom couture uh, cakes that are showstoppers. We call them edible works of art, um, yeah. 3D cakes, um, confections, desserts. If it's sweet and it's beautiful, um, we do it. Um, so that's that's who I am and what I do. Yeah, so look, now you're being modest because I did see <laughs> on your website that you have also made cakes for a few celebrities, LeBron James to name one of them. So how does that come about? Uh, are you in a certain, like, are you on a certain roster or do people just find you organically? You know, it's organic. It's 100% organic. Um, you know, a person who knows a person who knows a person. Um, one of the great things about opening a business in South Florida is you can literally throw a rock and hit a celebrity or a socialite just because Miami is, you know, the socialite and celebrity playground. So, um, I happen to know um, the mother or the wife, I'm sorry, of an NBA player, um, Udonis Haslam. Didn't know that I didn't know she was associated with him. Our children went to school together. We went and it was a small, it wasn't like this really prestigious, you know, boarding school or anything. It was literally a little tiny, small Montessori preschool. Um, my daughter and his son were in the only two um, children of color. It, um, let me be more specific. The only two black kids, because a lot of children of color. But we had the only two black kids in the class. Mom and I became friends. And one day, mom just asked me to make a cake for who she referred to as the big man. Um, a few days later, 
um, a few days later, uh, I learned that Big Man was one of the players for the Miami Heat named Udonis Haslam. And um, from there, you know, like people hang out together. And yeah. uh, Faith introduced me to Savannah and LeBron and Gabby and um, Dwayne Wade and Adrian Bosch and Chris Bosch. And through that, I just, I mean, that kind of catapulted me into making cakes for celebrities. I just won't call myself a celebrity cake artist. Um, I don't know. I, I have I have a hard time walking into that because I'm okay. just Shayla. Like, I just make cakes and I don't <laughs> care who's paying. As long as you're paying, I'm making. So. <laughs> I love it. It is funny that you say it because I, I, I see that. I was like, Shayla is always so humble. Like, to you, you're just Shayla. And to me, it's like, oh, I know a celebrity cake artist, you know, uh, <laughs> at the Butterfree Museum. You know, so we out here throwing your name like, hey, this is the big hey, man. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> Let me tell you, LeBron better pay. Udonis better pay. Like, Joe Blow down the street better pay. Like, I'm just all about, like, creating beautiful things and getting paid to do so. So I don't care. Who's on my roster? Uh, I just need you to pay. Um, I have, and you know, sometimes I sit back and I think of, you know, who I've been honored to make cakes for. You know, not just the celebrities, but um, I've done quite a bit of corporate um, corporate work as well. I've done. Um, I had Carnival Cruise Line as a major client for years. Mm-hmm. American Express. Um, I just acquired uh, a Chewy.com account. And it's just, but again, I'm just Shayla making cakes. I'm just, I mean, pull back the curtain and you get the Wizard of Oz. And then, you know, it's just, so it's silly. me back there with flour and sugar and crinkle paper and boxes all over the place. I mean, it is so mundane. <laughs> it's hard to see it on like celebrity status because the work is the work is the work. I get it. Right. Well, look, we are really proud of, you know, I'm just Shayla baking cakes. I just I want to, you know, still highlight because not only are you a celebrity baker, but you also are offering classes. So I really want to talk a little bit just about the butter creamery, which is the name of your boutique and just uh, the things that you offer. And one of the things that I did see was that you offered uh, STEM courses for kids in baking. And I just want us to just, you know, talk a little bit about how did you decide to do that? Like, at what point did you were like, hey, you know, this is something that I can offer to kids because it has a lot of STEM in it. So let's just talk yeah. about that. So kind of two, two things pulled me into it. So I was blessed enough to kind of start this baking journey um, after leaving corporate America to come home and just be a mom. I didn't leave corporate America to you know, pursue baking. I left corporate America to come home and take care of my kids because um, I had a house full of them. So just um, spending all day with the children, you know, discovering baking, kind of discovering this passion at the same time that I'm raising my kids, I often had them in the kitchen with me. And it was just, you know, I, you'd be hard pressed to find a child who doesn't like uh, who is not interested in being in the kitchen in some capacity, whether it's cooking, whether it's eating, like they love, they love being around food. They love touching food. So, you know, my own children kind of sparked um, an interest in, you know, just, you know, it, it just sparked something in me. Um, then as my kids got older and <laughs> were in school, 
career day, whose mama always gets invited? The mama that has the sweets. So <laughs> after doing several career days, um, and just really each time trying to figure out, okay, I just can't be the mom in there bringing sweets. How lame is that? Like, I need to, be, I need to make it more enriching. And then I started okay. to connect the dots. I really started to connect the dots between like all of the skills that I use on a daily, hourly, minutely basis in the kitchen. And, you know, how those are some of the same skills that children are learning out of context. They're learning them on worksheets. And they're learning them on a bulletin board instead of mm. learning them in real time, you know, using their hands and fingers, not to right. count, but to actually make and create. And so once I started connecting those dots, it was like the aha moment of this is something all kids should have. What, what a great way to teach STEM in real time, in a real world context, um, than to just have them make and, you know, create things. I think, you know, I am, you know, I, I worked in school reform for many years before um, leaving and coming to the bakery or creating a bakery. And I was always, my mind has always been blown about how so much learning nowadays is taken out of context, put into the classroom. And then, you know, later in life, kids are expected to, or as an adult, you are expected to translate it into context. And I'm like, why? Why go through 12 years of that when you can actually do it in context? Like, teach. Why not teach fractions by multiplying and dividing recipes? Or, you know, why not teach some of the elements of physics while children are building things? Because what child doesn't love a nice Lego set or doesn't take toilet paper rolls and stack them up high and try to figure out, you know, what's the perfect angle to stack them to keep them from falling over? So my background in education, my just natural curiosity um, around teaching and learning kind of Mm -hmm. let me here. And here we are, you know, in this space where I get to do something I absolutely love, you know, create um, beautiful things, eat, because what's better than creating beautiful things (laughs) that you can eat? (laughs) You know, I love it. (laughs) You know you know, creating a space where children can like learn and enjoy it um, in real time, in real context. So that's kind of the long answer to your question, but that's how I got here. That's how I got to the whole um, teaching children. And I think as much as I have tried to um, deny it and run away from it, I am a teacher at heart. I taught for a few years right out of college um, and just, I've always been around education, although I've you know, for some reason, I just kind of refused to walk into it. Like, I don't want to be a teacher, but I only understood right. teaching as one thing. But I think as I opened my mind to um, the learning element, opened my mind to more about, you know, all the opportunities in teaching. So I always end up teaching. It always, <laughs> everything always uh, leads back to teaching. Teaching, hey. And as it should, I mean, you know, as you say, you are a teacher at heart. Uh, and so I could see how it does lead back to that. I know I was talking to you uh, a while ago and we were just talking about STEM and you were like, you would know how much goes into me building those 3D cakes or just even stacking cakes about the design that I have to actually come up with and how that requires me to be able to see it spatially but also to know how much weight things can hold. Mm -hmm. So I just want for our listeners who 
might still be like, so how does steam and baking go together? Yeah. Give us a tangible um, way that you have used steam when you were baking. So minty, so minty, so minty. So, <laughs> you know, just the fundamentally, right? Baking is about mixing, you know, different elements, butter, flour, sugar, mixing them in a certain way. And then magically they go into the oven one way and come out another way. Um, fingers crossed, if you did it right, it come out in a way that works. But sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, you need to be able to break that recipe down um, chemically and figure out, okay, why did it not rise the way I wanted it to rise? Or what did I, did I omit something? Did I add too much of something? You know, baking is a very scientific, very, very specific um, area of the culinary world. Uh, if you're just doing like savories or bacon chicken, you know, you know, you can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, you know, that chicken's going to come out, may taste a little off, but it's still going to be chicken, right? Baking right. And is not, the, it's extremely scientific. If your recipe calls for a teaspoon of baking powder, you really need to make an accurate teaspoon of baking powder. Because if you don't, the, um, I guess, emulsion is not going to come together correctly and your cake mm-hmm. can sink in the middle. I mean, it could come out gummy. So a lot of chefs, you, rare, it is rare to find a chef that does baking and patisserie and the savory side because the savory people specialize in a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And that's why their food is amazing. On the baking side, we specialize in precision, mm-hmm. um, which is why our stuff comes out amazing, but rarely can you cross between the two. Um, so fundamentally, the mixer, the mixing of the butter, egg, sugar to come out with cake. Um, I use A squared plus B squared equals C squared okay. every time I have to make a square cake. Every single time. Because when it comes to circles and squares, um, just because you have an 8-inch square cake does not mean you can sit that on top of a 10-inch round cake. What you may ask. Because of A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Because you're not measuring the sides. You're measuring the diagonal. Because huh. that's, that's, the diagonal is longer than the sides. We know that because of A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Um, like simple stuff gorgeous. like that. <laughs> so, now, how did I learn that? Did I sit down one day and do the calculation? No. I tried to put an eight-inch square cake on top of a 10-inch round cake okay. a few hours before it needed to be delivered, and it did not work. It, cake was hanging off the sides. For the life of me, I could not figure out why, and then I just looked at it, and I was like, oh, it's the diagonal. The diagonal. The sides may be eight inches, but the diagonal is a little bit more than that. The diagonal is 10-point-something-something-something inches. So... When I'm making a cake in the future, I need to make sure that I take things like that into consideration. Um, Like I said, I love 3D cakes, right? I love cakes that look like just one more inch is going to fall over. I had to figure out what is that angle? How much, you know, how much can this cake lean before it actually falls over? And then what kind of internal structure do I need to build in order to make sure that cake stands and stays standing from the time it leaves my counter? to the time it gets into my delivery vehicle, from the delivery vehicle 
to the, you know, to the venue. So things like that take a lot of pen and paper calculations, not just, you know, throwing it together and see if it works. I mean, you could do it that way, but think about how much time you waste and how much material you waste if you are not able to sit down and sketch things out on paper, if you're not able to do calculations. Um, I remember one time Carnival Cruise Line wanted me to make a thousand um, gift Christmas gift boxes um, for one of their locations. So a thousand Christmas gift boxes. Each box was going to have, you know, a, I don't know, like a bread pudding, a little butler cake, three cookies, whatever, whatever. So that's not a project that I can, you know, just kind of figure it out on the fly. Weeks and weeks and weeks before, I need to sit down and with a pen and paper, my spreadsheets, and just figure out logistically, you know, how does this happen? And when I'm doing things like that, I start from the, my, in my mind, I start from delivery day, right? So day of, I'm delivering these 1,000 boxes to Carnival. Number one, 1,000 boxes are not going to fit in my car. So <laughs> how do I get them there? So that's one level of planning, right? Um, then I need to know, okay, so if I'm going to have to get a delivery vehicle, what size? Well, how do I figure out what size? I don't even know what size the boxes are. So let me figure out what size the boxes are going to be. Let me measure a box. Then I need to figure out in measurement terms, what does a thousand of those boxes look like? You know, whether they're stacked tall, whether like, what does it look like on a pallet? A pallet? What is a pallet? Now I got to go figure out where to get a pallet. Well, how do I lift the pallet? Now I need a pallet jet. Like, so (laughs) seriously, being able to, you know, logically think through um, the planning and design of of these projects uh, mathematically, because being able to do math saves you so much trouble. You know, you can look online and get the dimensions of a box, right? Okay, now that you have those dimensions, you can begin to do math to say, hey, if I stack 10 of these boxes on a pallet, if the height of the box is six inches, then I can stack it 60 inches high. So how many inches wide is that going to be? Well, if the box is 12 inches wide, then a pallet is however many inches. This is how many I could fit. I wonder how many rows can I fit before the boxes start to crush each other. Seriously, this is the level of math I do on a daily basis, just so I don't have to purchase and, you know, physically put things together in order to see. I can use math to extrapolate and imagine scenarios or, you know, predict what's going to happen without actually having to have those things in hand. So, yeah, I wish it were just making cute stuff. (laughs) Well, look, now you say it so much because one thing I really took away from this was critical thinking and I don't think people think bakers critically think but that's really what you're doing from beginning to end because and I'm glad that you said it you went from not just in the kitchen but you're like so I'm gonna make this breakfast how do I get it there you know can Mm -hmm. my car carry this and I don't think people realize that all of those thoughts have to go into a baker's head especially when you're doing large volume. And another thing that you said, because I see your 3D case and love them, you talked about building a structure. And I was like, Shayla, engineer, does she know shit, engineer? <laughs> and yet, I'm, that's, I'm, Sabrina, I'm telling you, that is, when, that is when it all started to click to me that this is a STEM career. Because yes. <laughs> what I, 
you know, the science, of course, we're talking about chemistry all day when mm-hmm. you're baking, when you are mixing the butter, eggs and sugar to create a cake. Um, you know, the use of technology, not just, in, you know, nowadays we think technology, we just think computers, but we know, you know, academically that technology is way more than just computers. So right. all of the tools and things that I use, you know, <laughs> I spend more time at Home Depot than I spend in any case supply store, really, because wow. you need tools and stuff to make these things happen. I have my own whole toolkit, drill, hammer, like the whole kit and caboodle. Um, what we talked about, we talked about the engineering aspect of creating these structures. I mean, if you have a cake that's 10 layers, do you think that's just cake sitting on top of cake, sitting on top of cake? Gravity mm-hmm. won't allow that. So there is an internal structure inside of that cake. It's very basic, believe it or not. It's a series of bubble tea straws, plastic bubble tea straws. But science awesome. tells us when you place them strategically, they can hold up anything oh, heavy. Right, dispersing the weight evenly across. Okay. Correct. So, so you I told you, girl, engineering all day. And then, you know, of course, I have to throw the A for steam in there because, you know, it's all about the artistry of what I do. Um, but then the whole mathematics. I mean, I just bored you enough with the whole mathematics of it. So it is a no. very sandwich career choice, um, whether it's baking over here and culinary as well. Um, and to me, it hurts my heart that, well, I don't say it hurts my heart. Cooking is a mundane kind of everyday task, right? We need to do it in order to live, right? We have to eat. Uh-huh. Either you're cooking it or somebody else is cooking it. It is not one of those, you know, fabulous careers. Um, although I make it look fabulous, it's not. It's very <laughs> all day. But, you yes. know, it's not. But you know, in terms of school, it's not one of those careers that teachers talk a lot about, right? Everything is about being a doctor, being a lawyer, being an engineer. You know, being those things. Um, mm-hmm. So here you are with cake artistry, and I tell you, I would tell when I started this. Um, people, oh, what do you do? I was like, oh, yeah, I make cakes. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then I showed them the type of cakes I make, and they'd be like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> right. So I wish, I wish, well, what I, one of my goals, I won't say I wish, one of my goals in teaching children um, is to make sure they understand that, you know, yes. It's mundane. Yes, it's one of those necessary things that you do, but there is so much math and so much learning and pretty much almost every subject area you're learning in school right now is preparing you for, to do this. It's preparing right. you to do this from, and I use, I mean, when do you learn A squared plus B squared equals C squared, like eighth grade or something? Yes, I mean, <laughs> it's just one of those kind of ones. I think so. Right. You probably learned it like in eighth grade. Um, that's pretty much the hardest math that I do. Out the gate, eighth grade. That's the hardest math that I do. Um, but you make it look easy, though. I mean, when I think about it, you know, as I as you talked to me, you talk, talked about building structure. I've seen some of your designs, and I see where you created technology into it. I think you had one where I don't know if it was a video playing in the cake or what, and I was like. What is Shayla? Like she over there with a Harry Potter wand? Like how does this happen? <laughs> We're all and adults so, here, right? So that cake is referred to as the stripper cake. Oh, okay. I just knew. I was like, "Ooh, look at this, ah, girl!" 
but Shayla, just the fact that you, I don't know where you pulled it out in your mind to put, you know, a video into, okay, I know they had to take a lot of thought and design in, in you're incorporating technology into your engineering design in your artistry. I'm like, girl, you are <laughs> on every level of STEM all the way. Like nobody was thinking Whoa. this when we were helping our grandma bake cakes. So no. I just want to talk to you about how did you get here? I mean, you are <laughs> here and definitely creating these glorious cakes. And to my listening audience, if you have not, you have to go to, uh, is the buttercreamery.com? Yeah, You have to see Shayla's amazing cakes. I mean, when I tell you, and you can follow her on IG as well. I'm getting off mm-hmm. track though, because I want to go back. So like, how did this start? Where did little Shayla in the kitchen, you know, were you always interested in cooking or were you just interested in science? How did this oh, begin? Shayla is interested in eating. Let's just be very clear. This is why I, I like love, I love to eat. I love to eat. I am from, you know, the backwoods of Alabama where eating is, you just don't eat, you eat good foods. Like you oh, eat yes. all the good foods, rich, buttery, Nothing help the health in it is that you are getting sustenance. Uh, <laughs> we English, you know, <laughs> right? So I like to eat. So I've always liked to eat. Let me just be clear about that. Um, but you know, I graduated from college with an English degree. I taught for a few years. I left the classroom. I did you know some education reform in New England um, with one of the, with the first Gates founded. Um, I'm sorry, Gates funded. Um, Nonprofit. Um, we started charter schools all across the country. Um, and yeah, so I started in education, and I like remember I said I've always been called to yeah. teach or call, but I just I just couldn't see myself as a teacher. And, and you know, I moved to New England, um, worked with this company called the Big Picture Company, and it really opened my mind to all that goes into educating students. Not just you know, at home in Alabama, you are a teacher, counselor. Vice principal, principal, you know, you go up to superintendent, but then you retire. Like, like that is the trajectory of teaching. Yeah, um, but I got to this, yeah, I got to this organization that was just turning education just on its head. And that really inspired me a lot. And so, um, went, you know, worked there for a couple of years um, outside of the school district trying to affect change. Um, after that, I went into the school district to try to, you know, affect change working in um, Hartford, Connecticut at um, Hartford Public School. At the time, Hartford had been uh, mandated by the Supreme Court to desegregate their school. This is 2002, 2003. Wait a minute, what? Did I hear you right? You did. Okay. In 2003, a, a Hartford, Connecticut, Connecticut, you know, blue state, <laughs> very, you know, democratic leaning, very blue leaning, was mandated by the Supreme Court to desegregate their schools. So um, I went to work um, under the assistant superintendent there to create magnet school programs. Um, and then, you know, as life has it, fall in love, um. get married. My husband, um, my husband took a job in Miami and that landed us in Miami. And for, you know, a little while, you know, I got there, I was like, I had to leave my dream job. I'm, you know, not happy about it. And decided I was going to be a stay-at-home mom to my 12-year-old daughter who was not having it. 
He was like, what you gonna do? Walk me to school every day? Like, <laughs> lady, go get a life. <laughs> she sounds just like the Shayla I knew. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, lady, go get a life. <laughs> So I, I went and got I got back into education, but this time, you know, this was, you know, right in the hotbed of no child left behind legislation. So, um, you know, I worked for Princeton Review and Sylvan Learning, um, opening, opening tutoring programs across the, you know, Southeast for them. Um, and then, you know, I, I was doing this traveling all across, you know, from Texas to Florida, um, mm-hmm. pregnant most of the time, having my babies on the road, you know. I was like super mom. And then my husband and I looked at each other and realized that that was not the life we were trying to live. And so I decided to come home. I decided to come home and be a mom. Just, you know, we were literally, literally paying more in childcare than we were paying in our mortgage. And yeah, we just decided that wasn't the life we wanted. So come home. My first job is super mom because now you know what I'm in, I'm all in. My boys have birthdays that are like three days apart. One was turning five, the other one was turning one. We're gonna throw a fabulous birthday party. Cause see, I'm always you know, I like to eat, but I've always been a cake snob. I love beautiful cakes. My kids just couldn't have a sheet cake. We need a door explorer sheet cake with a waterfall coming down. I'm just extra when it comes to the cakes. And so went to my favorite bakery, told them I wanted a Mario mushroom, and I was gonna go to Walmart and just get little cupcakes and put around it. And them folks told me that that cake was gonna be $50. I was shocked and appalled because the cake was small. I wanted something like, you know, could fit in your hand. Shocked and appalled. I'll make that myself. Now, keep in mind, I have nothing. I have nothing on my menu at this point that cost $50. I just want to be clear. But at the time, that was just too much for me. That was just out of my price range. So I, I set out to make it. And I kid you not, probably like three weeks later, and then a bare minimum of $250 later. I figured out how to make this cake. <laughs> so I'm not gonna pay fifty, but I'm gonna spend two hundred and fifty to figure out how to make it myself. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe YouTube you. My tuition to YouTube you was about that two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> but I learned how to make it, and I just got the bug. And you know, honestly, I started out, and it was really a hobby. It's like I'm at home. I didn't. I didn't leave home to start a business. I left, I mean, I didn't leave my job to start a wow. business. I left my job mm-hmm. to take care of my kids. But your gifts will make room for you because, yes. you know, month by month, week by week, I would make, you know, cakes here, cakes there, friends would ask. And then the kind of breakout moment was when I got to make the cake for Big Man. And yeah. after I made that cake for him, I mean, things just, skyrocketed. Um, within a couple of years, I went from, you know, working out of my house um, to working in a commercial kitchen. Um, we ran the business out of there for um, about three or four years before we moved here um, to Mobile. So and now here in Mobile, we're still figuring some things out. Um, we have some amazing projects in the work that I cannot disclose just yet. Oh, but- <laughs> but I mean, we're still, you know, we're still creating fabulous cakes. Um, I think the gift of the pandemic, I would say, um, was a moment to kind of sit back and reflect. Uh, I am a serial, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I know that um, I can't do one thing for too long. I have about a, I don't know, probably about a five years stint on, um, you know, how long I do anything. After five years, I'm completely bored. And I need to create something else. Um, that's why oh, I just. Wow. Moved. 
corporate America was never going to work for me. I just knew it. It just never felt right. Um, and so as the pandemic, as the pandemic approached, I was reaching a point of burnout. I was, you know, just working my fingers to the bone, tired of it. And the gift of the pandemic was a moment to just sit back. And it gave me permission that I would have never given myself to change directions in my business. Had I, if it were not for the pandemic, I would have continued working like I was working because in my mind, had I just completely changed course, it would be admitting that I failed, Um, which is completely untrue. But in the throes of work, that's what I was feeling. Like I know I'm, I feel terrible. I'm tired. I'm not spending a lot of time with my family. Um, when I am spending time with my family, because we're all working on a major project together, which they hate me for. Um, <laughs> but the pandemic gave me permission to change courses. Um, and, you know, the great thing about life is, you know, it's scaffolded, right? You just take what you learned in the past and it's forever building on, um, you know, the things that you've learned in the past. So um, I just have the opportunity to take everything that I've learned over the past 10 years um, and create something new, um, the Buttercream Read 2.0. So I'm very excited about, you know, the future and what's going to happen. I'll be pulling you into it pretty soon. Okay, well, look, Buttercream Read 2.0, I'm all with it. I know, and you keep talking about the pandemic and I know for me, uh, I think that's when I began to uh, really understand just how uh, great your business was doing because I began to see you on some of my favorite channels. So here you are on the Cookie Channel, then I see you on Netflix, Sugar and you know, like you reached the stratosphere when I saw you on Halloween Wars because that's my show. And I was like, wait a minute, this is Sheila. I was like, I know what's up. <laughs> Look, so I don't know if that's where Buttercream 2.0 is going or what's going, but it's just so my question is, did you ever think like when you started what you call your little baking, which for your kids because you wanted that mushroom and they were trying to charge $50, (laughs) did you ever, Shayla, just see yourself here? I mean, because for every little girl in Alabama, like myself, who was baking with a grandma, never would I have thought like, oh, there's a TV show down the road that's going to be never. showcasing me in my world. <laughs> never. And, you know, the word I keep going back to is mundane because that is how I see my life every single day. I wake up and, you know, just hit it. I wake up and do whatever it is that needs to be done for the day. And I think it's so important for all, like everybody, children, adults to understand, like that's where the magic happens in the boring, the mundane, Mm -hmm. um, you know, those little things that you never really get a pat on the back for. Like those are the building blocks of success, in my opinion. Like you get up and you just do what you have to do. You, you know, sit down and you bake the cake, like putting, cracking the eggs, butter, sugar. That is so not fabulous. It is (sighs) drudgery. But I do it, you know, because <laughs> it has to be done. It is. It really is. Um, you know, you, you know, you do all the stuff to make your business a solid business. It's not fabulous. You pay your taxes. You know, um, it's just so important to not get caught up in, you know, the visual, right? Because most days it's ugly. It's ugly. It's boring. It's not exciting. 
Um, but, you know, it's like my mom has a saying that, you know, you can eat an elephant if you take one bite at a time. And that is definitely life. But that's life. That's success. It is, you know, getting that fork full of sometimes, it's, you know, sweet, delicious cake. Sometimes it's spinach. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's liver and onions. Like, oh it's not always. <laughs> I mean, always. liver and onions can be good. <laughs> Sometimes it's not always, you know, beautiful is not always what you want, but it's so necessary. Uh, and I think as an entrepreneur, as, you know, just a person trying to be successful, like you have to um, be okay with that. You have to be okay and satisfied, not satisfied, but you have to make peace with the ugly so you can get to the pretty. And it's, you know, it's a constant back and forth. It's like, it's never a point where you're just on cruise control. I don't care what these social media uh, influencers want you to believe. There's never a point where you're on cruise control. You might have it for a few minutes, but just like on the highway, you have to come on cruise control. We need to slow down and speed up. So that's life. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you point that out as an entrepreneur that, you know, <laughs> it's not always on cruise control because you're right. The IG... Uh, entrepreneurs and socialites will just make you think that everything just goes quickly. Every time I see a video of, you know, you can make your $1,000 a day too. I was like, but what about them days they not making? Do you tell them about that? Like how that's going to go? No. Okay. Of course, like, you're making $1,000 a day not because of your skill baking cakes. You're making $1,000 a day because you told me I could make $1,000 a day and I just paid you to show me how. So <laughs> that's exactly it. Which is why I always go, I'm quite sure I can figure this out. So I don't not gonna let you tell me anyway. That's a whole other story. So we're gonna go back into <laughs> your interview. And I just wanted to ask this because I know and you talked to us about uh you got your degree in English, and then you know you were heavily in education, which I for me, I didn't know as much. Shayla, like, I really should talk to you a little bit more. You know, we could we left each other if everyone didn't know. And I may have not said Shayla and I went to Alabama School of Math and Science together. I was a year ahead, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so we met there, science, math. I went on to college and didn't know that you had gone and done English. But when I came back and met you, it was back on IG and you were the buttercreamer. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, Shayla's making cakes. And then I was like, to me, that made sense just knowing your family and just how, you know, I've been to a couple of events where we were just big and cooking. Mm -hmm. And I just knew, I was like, well, she definitely know how to cook because I, I know I've been met. Girl, love it though. Macintosh, mm -hmm. hey. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I remember the drives so then I was like this is you know I'm from Bessemer but yeah, yeah. Back, you be like <laughs> this is where okay. black people have land and it's just all of them and you just be like okay this is all you have to cook because there is no McDonald's to go to there's no well, restaurant no, to no, to no to I don't even remember Mm -mm. <laughs> but okay, so I want to. I know me and Shayla, this, this is what happens in all my interviews when I know people. So I'm a backup. So you got your degree in English and then you went into education and then you decided, okay, I'm going to be a mom. But as you say, you had to be a super mom. And so you started baking cakes. So you go from baking cakes to now this entrepreneurial sensation. Like for someone who is, 
talking about or thinking about their passions, what would you say to a young girl who is like, you know, I really like cooking, but to make money, you know, my family has said I really need to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to pursue. You know, the advice I would give is bet on yourself. Bet on yourself um, because our parents are so well-intentioned, right? They know what they know, right? And they try to prepare us for what they know. Um, when I started college, I actually um, wanted to do a dual degree in accounting. You know, Spring Hill had a five-year MBA um, accounting program, right? Um, my mom... Flat foot stood me in my face and said, accountants don't make money. So you need to be a teacher. And this was from her experience. This was from her experience. My mom was a principal of a high school. But her experience was there was someone in our, our town who went off to college, majored in accounting, came back to Macintosh and couldn't find an accounting job. <laughs> so, of course, accountants in Macintosh, Alabama don't make money. But... You know, pre-internet, pre-interwebs, you know, you know who you know. Um, so my mom is working from her experience, right? Um, so right. I say bet on yourself because if you are passionate about something, right, your passion doesn't always have to be the thing that pays you. I hate, I hate, I hate how social media has kind of fooled us into believing that. But I say this, you know, being comfortable and, well, not comfortable is not the word, you know, having peace within yourself about your everyday is very important to me. I know right now that I would likely never go back into corporate America because that type of culture that is, is, count, is counter to who I am as a person. There are people who can get in there and slug it out. And I look at them in awe of like, how, like how do you do that? Um, but I say bet on yourself because if God has put it in you, it's in you for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, you owe it to yourself to explore it. You owe it to yourself to explore it. And, you know, I think it's very important to always, um, money isn't everything. Of course, you know, you have to eat. <laughs> Just kind of, you have to eat, you have to have, right, you know, that right. car and all that, all those things. But, you know, I would say at all times, pursue your passion. Even if the passion is the thing that pays you, the passion is the thing, what is going to pay you is peace of mind. Um, and mm -hmm. sometimes your jobs can't do that. So I, I say, you know, look for, don't be afraid to pursue the career that you want. Um, and there may be some trade-offs that may, my, my mom literally came to my school and changed my major for me, right? I'm 18. <laughs> Legally, you can't do that. But tell a black mama what she can't do. She, she came down to, to, to the Spring Hill and changed my major herself. <laughs> To this day, because Shayla is Shayla, I still don't have a teacher's certificate. I taught school for three years. I still don't have a teacher's certificate. Oh, my God, girl. But you taught school for three years. I mean. I did. I did. I was taking an alternative certificate at the time. And then God snatched me up out of there and said, you want to do, you want to do education. Let me show you all the things you can do. Because, you know, the bad thing, of, not bad, but one of the limiting things of being from a small town in the backwoods of Alabama is, again, especially when we grew up, because we didn't have the internet to tell us everything is possible. Right, right. right. You, you can only see as far as your eyes can see. So I didn't have context, or I didn't have examples of things outside. I always knew, 
that there was more in the world. Don't ask me how. I just remember, you know, being a 10-year-old girl, just kind of feeling like this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be somewhere else. Um, so I kind of always knew and I was always pulled out. And just fortunately, you know, we were come up in a time where at some point the interwebs blew up and we could see the world for what it really was or what people yeah. think it is. Um, but, you know, bet on yourself. And if you really want something, go out there and get it. Go out there and get it. Like you have so many resources available. Um, and if God put it in you, it's there for a reason. I love that you said that, you know, if God put it in you, it's there for a reason. Uh, and when you say, you know, as a 10 year old, you just knew, you know, there was something more. And I always, because people will ask, because I was raised in the projects of Bessemer, Alabama. Like, how did you decide to become a scientist? I don't know. I just knew that one thing I was always told I was smart and that there was something more. Like, again, God had that innate feeling in me that there was something more than this right here. And so I just kept going to get whatever that was. I still feel like there's something more. So I, I do understand. But I love that you told them to bet on yourself. Like, um, I can't agree with you more. I mean, and so for all of our listeners uh, and for all of those who want to use this to motivate your child, uh, especially your young girl, let her bet on herself. Let her go forward and go for the things that she's really uh, maybe passionate about or just really have an interest in, as Shayla said. You know, uh, at one time, our parents didn't have access to everything to help them figure out things. But now our kids have way more access to things than we ever, ever had, like really. And so if they found some things that makes them happy, let's pursue that. Uh, and I love that we as a people are now in a in a place where it's not all about get a good job and, you know, make that money. Uh, <laughs> I know that's what we would like for our kids to do. But we have opened up to things that they desire, you know. Cause like your mom was like, they don't make money as a, a counselor. You're going to become a teacher. You know, all I knew coming through was that I was going to be a doctor because that baby likes science. That's what I heard. So she must have right. become a doctor. Right. Like, what else now do you, you do? Like science, but become a doctor. Right. right. I mean, and like I said, our parents, we, our parents are like the first generation out of the civil rights movement, right? Yeah. So, you know, the things that they value are different than the things that we get the opportunity to value now, right? Mm -hmm. Their value set was different. Like they wanted to make sure we went to college because their parents did not have that type of access, right? So, right. you know, they, they can dream as big as they can dream, but in the same breath, we can do the same thing. We can dream as big as we want to dream. And our kids would take it even farther than that. Um, I know, you know, I've had conversations with my children about, you know, going to college or not, um, and, and figure out kind of what other opportunities there are outside of, you know, just going to college. You know, I still can't even say things like that to my parents. <laughs> not go to college. <laughs> what? <laughs> Girl, don't I know. But, you know, our life is just so different where, you know, their trajectory was go to high school. You know, my dad got a job. He never went to college, but my mom had an opportunity to go to college. But there, it was either go to high school, get a job, and retire from that job, 
or go to high school, go to college, get a job and retire from that job. That is not the world our children live in at all. Children right. are making millions of dollars right now opening toys on YouTube. Girl, what are you going to tell a seven-year-old millionaire to go to college for? <laughs> Hello. I just saw this uh, girl. She uh, made blue whales into NFTs. She dropped them, and now she's a millionaire. Like, what? So I'm sitting here like, what can I draw out of this science book that will get me to a millionaire? Say, How do I do an NFT first of all? their world is different their world is so different i think it's our job as parents to help facilitate that however we can with our very limited knowledge just give them exactly put them all on skates and push them down (laughs) just push it down the road like whatever it's our job to make it happen but it's also our job to give them space to do that and it's hard because you know that's all we got hey that's my whole inheritance (laughs) hey my children are my retirement plan Shayla, I like it. I like it so much. You said, you know, give them space to be pushed out and get up again. And I really um, thank you for spreading your wings and giving yourself space to understand like how you can use your passion or your love for eating is what you say to move into a job as a cake artist, which is really a job in STEM because you're doing all of the science, technology, engineering, and math of any person that's at any computer or at any lab bench. So it's been so great uh, having this conversation with you. I really appreciate you taking time uh, in your celebrity status, in my opinion, to come on the little podcast and talk to us just about how you have just really manifested uh entire career with STEM involved. And so I thank you so much and really wish you the best. Again, to our listeners, you can find Shayla on Instagram. Uh, you can also find her at the buttercreamery.com. And I'll put it in the show notes so that you all can go and see all of her great work, those 3D uh, MK purses. Yeah, my course <laughs> gonna call you. Once he see, once he hears this, he gonna call you. <laughs> <laughs> I can make you one. <laughs> we made it. Well, Shayla Barnes Holloway, thank you so much again for coming on the STEM Lab podcast. We really enjoyed having you. I enjoyed being here. Have me back soon. I might bring Kate next time. Labmate, was that not a sweet treat episode? Again, we thank Shayla Barnes Holloway of the Buttercream Sweets Petite for talking with us and sharing how her passion led to an outside STEM career. You can catch Shayla in action on past shows of K-Connors on the Cooking Channel, my favorite Halloween Wars on Food Network, and Sugar Rush on Netflix, which she won in 2019. Until next time, Lab Maids, stay sweet on STEM. Bye.